Hey friends, I go by Chavid Dang. Yo fam, I'm Dine Peace. You're listening to Sit Down, Be Hungry. If it ain't shabu, we ain't hot potting. Welcome to Sit Down, Be Hungry, episode 46. On this episode, we mosey on down to the Golden Corral for Spooky P's birthday. We got the juicy bits, including Del Taco launching their line of essential oils, a beefy sauce on you, with special guest Philippe Kuhn, and more. Episode 46. This corral ain't gold enough for the both of us, partner. Yeah, yeah. Be hungry. Be hungry. Hey guys, it's Dimepiece. It's Chavid. Welcome to Sit Down, Be Hungry, episode 46. Thank you for being here as always. Thank you for listening. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Be- finger finger guns pew, everywhere. Pew, pew. We're really excited because we're... We're uh, in the stew. We're in the stew right now. And shout out... The beef stew. Hey, more on that later. And then shout out to past guest Patrick Aguilar bomb.com and our producer Flan Reyes. They set up this beautiful mood lighting. We're going to share it on the gram so you can kind of see what, what what situation we're in right now. We're recording on a mahjong table, y'all. We're recording on a mahjong table. We're, we're bringing it all full circle. It's lavish out here. It's lavish <laughs> out here. But thank you for tuning in. Yeah, you might have heard other great podcasts recorded in the studio, such as Opening Set. Opening set, bitch. Season three coming soon. But back to business. Yes. You got any shout outs? So at first I didn't have a shout out, but I thought about it. I'm like, I'm going to shout this out. So yesterday um, I had an early bird dinner with some friends around 6 p.m. dinner on a Sunday night. Yeah, that's very rare. And then so we were, well, it was a handful of our friends. We went to go eat seven course beef, Bobby Mong in Oakland. Um, How was it? I was almost going to make it. How was it? uh, Compared to... I've never the had SF it. location st- or just period? I still haven't had it yet. Okay. I can't believe we haven't gone. We need to, we need to make a point I know. Yesterday was almost go. the day. Yesterday was we almost the go. day. Anyways, seven course beef, if, if the folks do not know, it's a Vietnamese style dinner and it's, li- and what is it? It's seven courses of beef. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. And so, um, went to do that in Oakland. And while we're doing that, we were kind of thinking of like other places that we should, like that we want to eat on an early bird on the early bird tip, and we we're talking about like, yo, Red Lobster. Early cow tip? Sorry, yes. you're eating beef nuts. Sorry. My, my brain's dumb sometimes. Chavin. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So like, <laughs> you know, right now is endless shrimp at Red Lobster. So we're like, yo, this is the early bird Sunday <laughs> crew. And then we just made this like long, long laundry list of places that we want to hit up on Sundays around early. 6 p.m. Okay. Because like, well, we were done with dinner by 7.30. And we're like, oh, we got time to do shit now. Right? We usually don't eat till like eight something exactly. sometimes. Where did we go? We went to Shooting Star Cafe and got dessert. Mm, wait, what'd you get? Um, I got the mango sticky rice with coconut Ooh. milk. And then uh, I couldn't help myself, but I also got the popcorn chicken. Okay. So we were like lit dinner number two. Yeah. So shout out to that crew. If anyone wants to join on early bird dinner, holler. So who was in the inaugural group of early bird Sunday dinner uh, crew? Shout them out. Shout out Jay Tran, Ginny... Mark and V. Nice. That's a solid and group. White Claw. We brought White Claw <laughs> to the thing is we brought White Claw to the dinner and and J Tran ordered some beer, but like none of the people at the restaurant even cared. They brought us cups of ice for our white claws. Real ones. Pro Real. tips. More pro tips as always on this show. Thank you, Anhong. You're the best. Mm-hmm. What about you, Chavin? Uh let me give a shout out to a friend of the show and listener of the show, Neil Mercado, aka Cato. Um, just cause being a good homie, um, you know, we, uh, we actually went to, uh, Golden Corral recently That's for, so sad I couldn't go to for that. spooky P's birthday, Paris, uh, the buffet God. 
So shout out to Cato because he was uh, he was just bringing up the that episode. He was talking about buffet philosophies. Like his favorite thing was uh, when Flan asked uh, Paris, who was like, "Do you eat buffets for like enjoyment, or do you eat buffets because you're trying to stick it to the man?" <laughs> like philosophical stuff like that. But like, did Neil enjoy that because? Like of what was said, or more the fact that like he's really close to Paris. I don't. I think it's and, kind and of. And I feel like Paris doesn't really say a whole lot. So, he did with us so though. Was he like? Did I just learn more about my own friend? <laughs> like, you know. Hey, you'll have to ask him that. <laughs> okay. Okay. But anyways, I wanted to start with that because um, yo, Golden Crow's wild, man. It's it's the wild wild west. So it's a buffet, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. We have one. Which in Sac- is very fitting for Paris's birthday. Yes, it was actually really, really kind of. How much does this cost? How much does Golden Corral cost? It was like sixteen bucks, which is I, really good. I, which is I, more than I thought. I was thinking it was like nine ninety nine. I think in other locations, because I was researching this before we went. Other locations, it's like twelve. But okay. you know, here in the Bay, this one was in Concord. Okay, um, it's fairly new, I, I believe. I think a year or two, okay. something like that. That's so new. I have not been since I was a kid. We had one in Sacramento growing up in Elk Grove. But I haven't been since like middle school. So coming with your friends as an adult was wild. So I think the birthday boy in question did like six plates. Uh, yeah, I'm not even shocked. Like I wasn't <laughs> either. Me. It was like I said, it was just it was just kind of magical to see like him in his element. Like he wasn't even really making eye contact with anyone. He was kind of like off in his little zone. He was putting yeah, a strategy into he, full play. Yeah, because he has a strategy. He has to follow it. Like even ones that I don't even remember if we covered on our show or not. So like in between plates, he would just like get up and like stretch and like like kind of do like aerobics in place to oh kind of make gosh. room before he like went <laughs> in for another attack. Um, he did six plates that I counted. It was very impressive. How many plates did you do? So I did three plus dessert. So I did like three and a half slash four. Okay. Um, I was miserable afterwards as I should have been. Um, let's see. Some of my highlights were... So, so oh, like, what's the cuisine of Golden Corral? Um, as most buffets, it's kind of like a slightly nicer sizzler. So, like, kind of a little bit of everything. Okay. Actually, like an idiot, maybe not. I took a picture of all my plates. So, let's see. First plate. Um, oh, that's a lot of buried stuff in there. There's some sausage, <laughs> some greens, some fried okra, some fried chicken, some roast chicken, uh, steak fries with, like, beef stew on top. Uh, we'll actually get to beef stew later. Um, hush puppies, Thousand Island, yams. Oh, I oh, following uh, the David Cho Sizzler Anthony Bourdain episode, I did a spaghetti taco for my second plate. Okay. Dinner roll was good. Um, I'm not going to re- waste the rest of our time talking about every other food item I had there. But uh, they had a steak guy that was really nice. He was grilling steaks to but order. But is the food good? I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Um, like, where do you... Okay, as far as buffet goes, where does this list next to Gold Club... Oh, apples and oranges. You can't really compare them like that. It's not comparable? No, there's just, they're different beasts. Okay. They're different beasts. One has children running around, one doesn't. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. They both have equally good fried chicken. Actually, Gold Club fried chicken is superior. Okay. But there's some items, like again, at Golden Corral, I really enjoyed the steak guy. Okay. Like you would just tell him what cut you or how big of a cut you wanted and like your doneness. And it was amazing. Okay. So the steak was a highlight. Um, Also, they have a chocolate fountain too. I remember seeing uh, footage of that. Yeah, the chocolate fountain was pretty lit. <laughs> uh, what about you? Have you eaten anything else lately that you want to talk about? Yes. So, I spent the I just spent this week at, past weekend in uh, Petaluma. Mm-hmm. Kind of a staycation, um, but did a couple things. So, the first thing, the first thing I learned is that I should slow down sometimes in my life and and take the time to read a label. 
Because mm. I wasted so many hours of my life by boiling the wrong can of something. Wait, what? So I made a, a, a banoff, and I might be saying this wrong. I don't know if it's banoffe, banoff. I'm not sure. Banoffe? 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 But it's basically a banana pie with a dulce de leche on the bottom. Mm. Oh, Golden Corral kind of had something like that, too. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> of course Golden Corral they did. They did. I didn't get any, but it looked really good. So how to make this pie is you're supposed to boil a can of condensed milk for two and a half to three hours. Wow. What does that do? It turns into carrot, dulce de leche. Oh, 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 got you. And then see. So, so you, there's not really three milks. There's just one milk that's tap, that's been cooking a long time. Well, what I fucked scam. up and I boil, I was boiling a can of evaporated milk <laughs> for three hours. And it was evapor was it evaporating? Well, no, well the thing is you have to, you know, peel off the label and put a can in boiling water. And so I opened it. I was like, this doesn't seem right. And I'm like, like this is dinner's already done. I already baked the pie crust. All I needed to do was pour this condensed milk. I already sliced the bananas, everything. Oof. So all I had to do was open this can, and I was like, hmm, this is very liquidy and it's pretty brown. And I kind of went crazy. And yeah, I, and I went through the trash can to find this. That's quite an investment of time. Exactly. And I and uh, my co uh, my friend Yesenia, she was kind of like, I don't think I've ever because like I cursed at this can. Wow. And I was like cussing, throwing, like going through the trash can. And I found a little snippet of the label and all I saw was the first litter and then I fucking threw the thing. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I've, yeah, very important. Read your labels, read instructions when it comes to baking. Important advice for you home cooks out there. It has, it, baking is a different beast from cooking and it's, you have to follow rules. Yeah. But, so that's, that was my one thing. But, the next day, I got to go to the Petaluma. It was so Rip City Riders is uh, a bike gang. I guess okay. I don't know. It's a big, pretty big bike gang, so and they put together this car show every year. They're gonna come after you now. No, I mean I feel. What do you? Is it a bike gang? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they're actually a gang. Uh, I'm not they, in this. I don't know. They I'm do not good. in this. <laughs> Anyways, it was a fundraising <laughs> event with bikers, and it was a car show at the Petaluma Fairgrounds. They raised a lot of money for the Polyclass Foundation in Petaluma. I learned so much stuff about Petaluma today, this weekend. Anyways, they donated thirty thousand dollars to this Polyclass Foundation because of this event, but. Uh, this event had really good food. I was very excited about this. You know how much I love fair food, how much I love I love snacks. fair food, yeah. I mean, I love it. So we were given tickets to get this barbecue chicken plate, which Yesenia has been like hyping up to a me. A barbecue She's, chicken plate. It's a barbecue chicken plate. She's like, this is what this is what you get there. And so I was like, it's 11 a.m. I'm not ready for barbecue chicken yet, but I'm ready for nachos. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so this one stall, her name was just Nacho Girl. <laughs> And I was like, I'm giving you my money. <laughs> so I guess in this moment you are. Yeah, I was like, Nacho Girl, I love, it. I really love it. And I kind of like thought about like, are you always Nacho Girl? Like this event happens once a year. Like wh where did you buy all these? Like she had legit banners, like and, branding and all that, like branding for wow. Nacho Girl. That's impressive. And all it was was chips, nacho cheese, sour cream, jalapenos, and a carnitas option. Ooh, I love the simplicity. I was very happy about it. was hot as balls there. And so I was like, oh, there's shaved ice. Ooh. So I got shaved ice. Nice. Then at one point I got uh, popcorn and then there was barbecued oysters. And then I finally got the barbecue chicken plate, which I later found out was um, donated by the Golden Gate um, Meat Company. 
Nice. So nice. they donated all this chicken. It was really, really good chicken. Juicy? Very juicy. And I was so impressed with this fair, uh, this fairgrounds. They had this huge barbecue pit. I don't know what to compare it to, but I would say it's the size of a elementary school classroom. I haven't been in an elementary school classroom yeah, in a long a, time, a but I can room. imagine. It's a big room. Okay. Right? So this giant barbecue has just all this chicken. And, and it's not just like a piece of chicken. It's a whole half chicken that they give you for this plate. For 10 bucks. I don't know how much it is. I got it for free. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm assuming ten bucks. Sure. sure, but it was a really good. Like, I feel like barbecue chicken. Cooked. Did, it come, did it come with sides? Yes, chili beans, salad, and a pasta salad. Okay, nice. And so I feel like cook chicken cooked in that big of a scale is usually not that good, but this was juicy, delicious. The flavor is amazing. Oh man. Um, but yeah, this event was really cool. I ate a lot of good food. Uh, also learned that bikers should not be bartenders. Also. Why? Was that? I mean, so that could be a fun time. It could be a fun time, but I just wasn't ready for that fun time. Well, so that sounds like it's less of their problem, more of your problem. I was like, "This is a charity. Why are you giving me so much tequila in my cup?" Because they're they're being charitable. <laughs> I get to me, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't but see. I had, but I had no a harm, great, no foul. I had a great time, and it was super fun. Yeah, Petaluma's not not too bad. Nice. I'd like to it. go next time. That sounds yes. awesome. I yes. want this plate and this extra amount <laughs> yes. of tequila. Yes. It is now time for the Juicy Bits. This is where we talk about food news that you and your stomach need to know about. What have we got this week? So the first one is from USA Today. Um, Alcoholic Tide Pods. USA Today Money. I don't know if it says USA Today Money. I guess it redirected to the money section of USA Today. Sorry, go on. Did you hear me? I I talked about Alcoholic Tide Pods. Are you stuck (laughs) on money? Well, you need one to get the other one, right? Oh, <laughs> or not. Glenn, Glenn Livett has a new whiskey capsule that looks like detergent pods. The article compares them to Tide Pods. They don't look as like jewel-like as Tide Pods do because Tide Pods have the little swirly thing on them and like the two colors. But this is straight booze. It's not a mix. Like if it was like a mix. A like mix, a twisted shot? Like a twisted shot that I could imagine Yo, real having quick for like listeners, two compartments remind, in the... You want to remind what a twisted shot is? Oh man, so Bevmo sells this thing called Twisted Shots. With a Z. With, with a Z. <laughs> and it's a shot glass that has, that's um, compartmentalized. Carp- well, I can't say this. Compartmentalized? Car- yes, thank you. In half, and it's the booze and the mixer in the same shot. And you peel off a, a foil top and you mix it together by pouring it in your mouth. So uh, these pods do not contain any mixers, but they just contain 23 milliliters of Glenlivet whiskey. And according to the Facebook page, they come in three flavors and to my dismay, only available in London for the time being at a bar for London Cocktail Week. Yes. So um, the idea of this is they're saying like, you know, this will save on on glass and, you know, things like that. But it's just more novelty. I think it's, you know, it's good marketing. But again, sure. it's working on me. I want to try one. Yeah. Um, like I was saying earlier before we started recording, it reminded me of those mints a couple years ago that like had this kind of like surface and then you kind of pop it with your teeth and the liquid escapes. I think that's kind of what's going on here. I don't here. know this mint at all. What Dude, are you talking I'll have to about? find a picture and show you them after this, but they're really refreshing. Um, I wouldn't mind a bigger version like these that have whiskey in them. Um, but it is pretty cool though. They say that um, they say that the, the pouches themselves are kind of made out of uh, seaweed and they're, they teamed up with like this nonprofit that works on making these sustainable materials. So that's a fun, that's a fun aspect of it too. I just think, though, I th- the the people reporting on this are using the internet angle of a couple years ago when all these kids were eating Tide Pods. And oh, yeah. kind of looked totally. like the same shape and all that. Kind of. Whatever. I'm really curious about these. Um, I hope they do well enough that they put them more out or if more companies would try to do this because um, I think it's just a fun way to ingest uh, 
your spirits. Yeah, super fun. I, I you know, I'd yeah. be down for it. I mean, we grew up with Jello shots. This is just like the sophisticated version of it. Yes. So uh, I hope these do well, and um, I want to see them over here. This next one is from Eater. Maybe the Goose Game is about revenge on foie gras obsessed town. I was like, what the hell is this talking so, about? So. I really like that this article came up because I just heard about this game literally yesterday. We were mm -hmm. talking with some friends during a hike. So I learned that this is a Nintendo Switch game okay. where you yourself play a goose and your objective is to terrorize a town of people. <laughs> but um, I believe this article kind of um, is having an opinion and thinking it's a take on um, it's a revenge about the foie gras industry here. Okay. So it's an it's a, it's a author opinion, but I think it's an interesting take to have on it. Do you think this game kind of indirectly is kind of making commentary about it? Or do you think it's all just like in good fun? I think it's all in good fun. Um, I mean, my favorite part about this little article is just talks about how... And the thing is, I have no idea how geese or goose are. But it's uh, the game in which a horrible goose goes goose wrecking havoc in a small town of people who just want to garden and keep their shoes on, which, as you know, as a horrible goose cannot... Uh, allow that. Anyone <laughs> who have been around these geese know they're assholes. I don't know that geese are assholes. I mean, we don't I've have. I've never been around. We a don't geese have. Or goose. We don't have too many around here in San Francisco. <laughs> but I mean, I grew up around some sometimes at my ponds and in the suburbs where I grew up. And um, I got to say, they they do get kind of intimidating. Like I know they hiss. Where have you Where have you gone? Where you been? There's around? a. I grew up by a canal by my house in Sacramento. And there's just geese hanging had, out. Yeah, we have some. You can like oh. feed them and stuff. Oh, interesting. Bread. So I'm assuming one of the motives in this game is probably to secure some bread for yourself. Um, but I do think it's an interesting take that they talk about foie like this because it is very truly, it is truly a controversial industry that we have here. For sure. And I think we can, I forgot, you're, you're, you're into eating it though, right? I'm into eating it. Yeah, absolutely. That's why we're friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because I remember we talked about like that versus uni before and, and I, I prefer uni more of a foie per se, but. Mm -hmm. Currently we're in a, in a band right now, right? Yeah. And I feel like it's gone what, back and forth a couple times now. Um, in the seven years I've been here, this is the second band. Yeah. I was here for the first band, like within the first six months of living in the Bay area. And I remember like that week leading up to it, I went to many Flamageddon dinners. Mm -hmm. And actually shout out to Flan because, um, some old school during the first band, we went to a Hapa Ramen pop-up during one of the bands and they offered it as like a secret menu item. It was and, Hapa Ramen. Yeah, at oh. Wing Wings. Yeah. Shout, Shout out to, to Christian. Christian. And IDK Concepts and Richie. Um, yeah. I got to do one of the foie dinners. It was the French, it was a, what is it? The French bread pizza nights. And Ooh. it was French bread pizza with spaghetti and foie on top of that. I remember the, at the repeal Ooh. of the first band, it was, it, was, it was in the same time. Everyone was doing things like that. Like I remember 4505 had like, like poutine fries or something or some kind of fries. And like for an extra 30 bucks, they just put gigantic glops of it on top. So crazy. So good. So I, whether this game is directly involved with it or not, um, you know, I understand why it's being banned currently. Um, I wouldn't be mad if it stayed that way, but also I'd be very happy if it was repealed as well. You know what? what's crazy about the, the second, this second ban? Like it's not, I don't feel like there's much backlash compared to the first one. Like I honestly... Not that I, you know, eat flaw all the time. Yeah, well, because in general, it's a splurge thing. For sure. But, like, it didn't have the same effect that it did, you know, six years ago when it first happened. Right. Like, I, people aren't upset, as upset. I agree. Well, I think also like, maybe... there's no flaw, flaw more good in dinners right now. That's not very that true. that I can think of. Well, I'm also... Like, what may changed? Maybe because there's other things we're worrying about, too, in general. Like, you know, in general, all of our restaurants like, are closing anyways. Are people caring about health more? I don't know. Maybe, but it still doesn't set aside the fact that it's delicious. Oh, yeah. Whatever. I want to play this game, and uh, I, don't, I don't really know if it's about it or not, but I want to play this game. 
This last one is from QSR Magazine. I wonder what it stands for. I, don't I have no idea. Whatever. Uh, but this this uh, description, or I guess title, really caught my eye because I love ta- Del Taco. <laughs> As do I. They <laughs> so, got their fries are low key like hitters because they're crinkle cut, yeah, and not many other cut. major fast food chains. Are there we, any other crinkle cut French fry fast food joints? I mean Shake Shack, but we don't have. We only have a couple nearby. I know we've we've talked about that. Anyways. Raisin Cane's too. (laughs) Del Taco launches a line of essential oils. I'm into essential oils right now. I I admittedly don't have too much essential oil experience. Do you want to put me up on game a little bit? So, like, I was trying to figure out different ways for me to fall asleep better, to put me in a more relaxed state. So I, I, you know, I use a diffuser in my room before I go to bed. Lang Lang is my current scent right now that helps me relax. But Del Taco's launched launch <laughs> these essential oils, and these are the three flavors. <laughs> Chocolate, churro, and vanilla. I think this would have, like, a reverse effect on me because, like, I'm not going to be relaxed. You're going to want a churro. I'm going to want to eat these things, and I'm in bed, and I have zero access to get a churro Well, right I wonder how, what vanilla and chocolate are going to kind of convey in your mind. I feel like the churro one is obviously going to be more cinnamony, but is it just going to be cinnamony, or is it really going to make you think about churros? I think vanilla would make the most sense to relax, but what's cool about essential oils is like you can mix different things to create like like you can mix X, Y, and Z to make a, a sleeping concoction. Oh. Or like you want to be relaxed, you should mix blah, 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 blah. So could you mix chocolate, vanilla, and churro to make a chocolate, vanilla, stuffed churro? No, I would just get really hungry. <laughs> Maybe like, that's, that's what, all may, that's going to happen. With maybe these. that's the purpose too. Do, do people use these also to not just try to fall asleep, like just to I mean, scent in, your room? So in my dental practice, like I, I, we use essential oils to put people in a relaxed state, but you know, like there's central air and I got in trouble for putting flower scents because a woman in another building or another suite was complaining that she was, it was making her sick. Mm. So there's lots of different reasons. I mean, I purely use it so in my office that it doesn't, so it doesn't smell like a dental office. Oh, got it, got it. That but, makes sense. You know, sense. like aromatherapy, like when you get a massage. So now you can make your home smell like a Del Taco after dessert? So I got kind of sad when I saw that the the scents were these. Like, because I don't, I don't. What else would you expect from them to do? I don't think of these flavors when I think of Del Taco. I think about ch- chicken soft tacos. <laughs> You know, would that's you, what I think would about. Would you buy a chicken soft taco essential oil? Yeah. Or would it be an essential grease? It's still a oil. It's still an oil. But okay. they're only selling this for $1.49 for a set of three, which is pretty cheap. That's like, pretty essential cool. Essential oils are like minimum 10 bucks each one. Should we get one? Um, for, sure. for, for the funds? I think, let's get you one for your house. Okay. You don't have a diffuser. I think, well, I got, I took something back from my office when they're letting us take away stuff when we're moving. I might be able to handle it. I don't know. I have to check. But um, the Craveable Sweet and Sense Aromatherapy Set, which includes all three scents, will be available for purchase. Already? Oh, starting last week. Yeah, they're available yeah. now. Uh, for only one, yeah, like you said, $149 for the whole set um, with $5 shipping. But still sounds worth it. Yeah, maybe. maybe Wait, does this mean there's like a Del Taco store? It says their web store, which I really wish we could. We'll have to go on there and see what they got on there. Because the in and out web store is pretty tight. All right. Well, I guess maybe after this jump, we'll go check out the Del Taco web store and see if there's anything else on there we should get at the same time. All right. All right, y'all. It's that time. What time is it? The most controversial bit on this podcast is Call Saucin' on You, where we name three food items. You've got to pick one to never have again. Um, we are joined by a very special guest today. I'm glad we could catch him in town. 
Give it up for Philippe. From France. Yeah, yeah good, evening. good evening, guys. I'm very uh, pleased to be here. Reason. Hey, thank you for hanging out with us this evening. Yeah. How do you like uh, the Bay Area so far? Uh, very nice. I mean, it's the second time. And yeah. uh, every time I come, it's sunny. Uh, because I saw videos before, it's always foggy. But today, you got lucky. Well, you never, yeah. I got yeah. lucky. This yeah. is came, super lucky. Really great this weather. probably actually the best time of the year we have for like nice weather. Yeah. yeah. Until the yeah. end of this month. You, you call this Indian summer. Yeah, yeah. Yes. See, you already yes. know. You already yes. know. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> So you're here uh, visiting for a little bit. Uh, what's yes. the best thing you've eaten so far? Uh, the Twin Peaks. Oh, no, eaten, food. Oh, eating. What's the best food you've um, had so far? I know you still have a lot of time left on your trip. Yeah. Uh, you so mean in, in the Bay? Yeah, yeah. so far. Uh, I'd say uh, the Dutch Crunch sandwich okay. the, from the deli. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, your favorite yeah. so far? Yeah, my favorite Amazing. So far. We definitely talk about breads a lot on this show, so yes. I'm glad you've already had a favorite. Yes. Um, it's not, as you've seen, it's not Dutch, but it's very delicious. Um, <laughs> yes. But aside from the bread, we're getting to the meat of things now. Yes. Are you ready to get rid of three food items or one food item? Right. You ready? Okay. Yes. Okay. So the three items this week, um, we're going to do beef stews. Okay. So we're going to do stews. beef bourguignon. Okay. Uh, Chinese beef tendon stew, which um, I tried to find the real name of it because my mom's told it to me before, so, but I didn't want to butcher it. So I'm just going to call it that. Okay. And uh, Vietnamese beef stew. So boko. Oh, man. Yeah. That's easy for me. I I know, but let's let's try to let's. Try, well, actually, no, because I know which one you're keeping. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, for sure. That's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, what was the first soup again? Uh, beef bourguignon. Beef bourguignon. And uh, Chinese beef tendon stew. Okay, so for sure, bakha is staying. I love it more than most. Uh, that's probably my favorite stew. I when I think of beef stew, I think of bakha. Um, Yours is very good. And mine is pretty good. Um, beef bourguignon. So early in my days of like cooking, uh, and like, you know, trying to figure out, like not figure out, but just more like being more independent and cooking like for myself versus like waiting for my mom or my grandma to cook. So I, the first, um, Le Creuset, uh, Dutch oven I bought for myself. The first meal I made was, uh, I followed, um, Julia Child's beef bourguignon recipe. All 42 steps. Ooh, there's 42? And, yeah. Wow. And so that was the first thing I made christening my Le Creuset thing. Christening, that sounds like a tongue twister. Yeah, christening don't, don't make me say it again. So that's for sure <laughs> staying. Um, because of, you know, I have this like connection with it where I felt like, you know, I, uh, you know, broadened my horizons in cooking, I guess. Mm, okay. That beef, that Chinese beef tendon thing, I don't think I've had it before. Okay, fair, Or I fair. might have had it, I just don't know. So, but again. I don't, I'm not connected with it, so because of that, I'm going to get rid of it because I don't know if I've had it before. And if I have, I didn't, if I, I figure if I had something, if I had it and I really, really liked it, then I would have went out of my way to figure out what it was. Or looked it up and remembered it. it. Okay, remember it. Fair, I don't fair. remember it if I had it. Okay, so again, I might be butchering the name. Philippe, you can let me know if I'm incorrect too, but my mom would say it's uh, Nao Nam. Okay. Is that it? Yeah. Do you know if that's correct or not? Or? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, Nao, okay. Nao Nam? Yeah. Yeah, don't know it at all. So I'm going to... Um, get rid of that one. Get rid of that one because I don't know it. Okay, very fair, very but fair. But the other two are like very important to me, so for sure very, I'm going to keep it. Okay, very fair, very yeah. fair. All right, Philippe. Yes. What do you think? Uh, so I have to um, to get rid of one that you could never eat ever again. Ever, ever. again, ever never again. eat ever again. From your three items, from the, yes. Correct. Uh, well, I I don't really know the Vietnamese. I mean, I'm confused a little bit. Is it the like the beef stew 
which is like with tomato. With tomato. So the the balcha, there's carrots, potato in oh. it, and it's like a reddish uh, beef stew curry. There's lemongrass in it. There's a little tomato. Okay, so um, I see exactly. But it's mostly okay. Anato- the coloring is from the anato seed. Okay, and you usually eat it with the bread, right? Um, right. You, traditionally, it's with noodles or mm. French bread, and I I prefer with French bread. Okay. Yeah. So okay, yeah, yeah, I see exactly what it is. Perfect. Uh, I will get rid of the beef bourguignon. Oh, yeah. it's just because it's too rich. It's, it's, and, uh, heavy. it's very heavy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, especially when I cook it. I, I just cook it for for uh, Iceland. Oh, really? Family, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I, I I put some um, beef bones with the marrow. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the very rich version. You know. Yeah. So, I want to try. Where, so, where's your recipe from? Is it a family recipe or? Um, no, I, I just know the original recipe because it's a French classic. Mm-hmm. It's a very good, uh, I mean, dish, but uh, it's too heavy. It's very rich, you know. So if I have to choose uh, between these three items, I would just get rid of beef bourguignon. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Good answer, good answer. You know what's crazy is like, I've only made it that one time because I do agree with you. It's so rich and it's lights out as, done, as soon as you're done eating yeah. it. And I made a mess in my kitchen, like doing mm. all these little parts. Yeah. So even though I've only had it that one time, I still mm. want to keep it. Okay. Which one? Okay. Oh, okay. But because okay. of that story, you know? Yeah, there's this the, story exactly. behind exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so Philippe, how about, do you make that dish often or is it something you only make for other people then since it's one that you prefer not uh, to eat as much? I don't do it often mm-hmm. because when you cook beef bourguignon, you know, it's for like uh, four, is eight, ten people, you yeah. know. So not often, but uh, it's a classic. So I, I know the recipe very well. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, actually, I think we might have to be all very, very varied today. Um, I'm sorry, Amp, but I think I got to get rid of Balka because... We're not friends anymore. It's fine. I'll, That's I'll, fine. You'll never eat it again, <laughs> sir. <laughs> <laughs> but because... I had never really ordered it when I go to Vietnamese restaurants growing up, and the only time I've had it was when you made it. It was amazing, but um, there's just so many things I like about the other two. So no, like, I, I feel you. But that's also like a dish that's not normally something you buy at a Vietnamese restaurant. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a home dish. Yeah, and then and the, the goes to show why I haven't got to have exactly, it too often. Exactly. So no, I, feel I have less of an attachment, even though yours was super, super good. Um, and then the, the Chinese stew, I literally had it yesterday. Yeah. So that's also what inspired the selections for today as well. Nice. And nice. I grew up with my mom making it all the time too. And texturally I'm into it more because, you know, it uses a lot of like the more or less favorable cuts. So there's a lot more chewiness and a lot more tendony things to kind of really sop up the sauce. Mm-hmm. And then with bourguignon, I just love, even though it's rich, I love the complexities and all like the different layers you can get into it, which you get with the bacao as well too. But I think just with all the tradition with it as well, and the fact that I enjoy going to Paris a lot is uh, also, um, I think that's why it's got to stay for me too. So we're all not, we're all three not divided that often, so that's pretty cool. Do you know if I've had that beef tendon soup? Uh, I don't know if we have together. I know I order once in a while. Um, I'll just have to make sure that I get one so you can yeah, try Yeah, now it. I need to make a point of actually getting it because I don't know. Yeah, and that's out of the three, that's the one I'm the most familiar with, yeah. I mean, understandably too. So no, I hear you. Yeah, it's great that we're divided. All good. I mean, in this sense. <laughs> We're all divided. Yeah. No, so thank you, Philippe. Yeah, um, you're welcome. Do you My have pleasure. anything you want to plug or uh, anything you want to say to the listeners of SoundCloud and everywhere else that this podcast is available? Uh, well, I'm a foodie. Yeah. Um, uh, I have an Instagram, so I can uh, share with you guys. It's PHKH86. And uh, sometimes I just post some things about, you know, food. 
And so, uh, yeah, it's. Is it mostly food you make, or just you sometimes, enjoying food? Sometimes, sometimes food I make. Yeah. Uh, sometimes food that uh, you know I like to travel and discover yeah. new like culture. I mean cuisine. Oh yeah. So yeah, I also share in my uh, Instagram. So we're gonna become good friends because that's pretty yeah. much all okay. we like to do. Yeah, that's, okay. that's why we do this too. Yeah. So growing up in Paris, then as as uh, being Asian, how how did that kind of shape your food tendencies or? What was pretty much what was it like? Because that's a perspective I haven't even got to really hear of that yeah. much either. Uh, well, you know, growing up in France, the first thing you realize that uh, in in French food culture is about uh, taste, but also like uh, behavior. A lot of butter. Uh, I mean, like I would say, like yeah, a lot of butter, but also, <laughs> I mean, like uh, like kind of like a culture behavior, like uh, you know, here you you can uh, have a lunch just by buying a sandwich and you eat it on the go. Yeah. But in France, it's impossible. You know, lunchtime <laughs> is like one hour, one hour and a half. I'm into and, that uh, <laughs> I'm I mean the, 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 I mean, the lunch is separate. I mean, it's like there are different steps, like a starter, then the, the main dish and then the dessert. And then, you know, it's like um, French people, when they eat, they like to talk about food as well. <laughs> like passionate about that. And uh, yeah, being Asian too, it's like, um, you know, when you are from um, immigrants' uh, parents, uh, um, I mean, food culture is like a means to express your identity, right? Mm -hmm. So in France, uh, you know, it's like uh, here, it's a very cosmopolite. So when you are into this, then you 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 have you grow also in a neighborhood with a lot of uh, different nationalities. So you grow up is eating like Arabic food, African food, and and etc. And so the passion just born from from this, uh, you know, I'll say childhood. And I think yeah. that's more important than ever too. Like you know, with with the current political tensions going on everywhere, yeah. And you know, it goes back to that common theme that it's such a way to accept people and a way to learn about people too. Yeah. So that's really cool. That must mm -hmm. have been a very interesting shift too when you moved to uh, Shanghai, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, I like history also. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of things like you know the Hong Kong, for example, just the Hong Kong toast. Actually, it's a French bread. There's a French bread oh. called like you know you, you use the the like the rest of the bread and then you just put like on the egg yolk and then you just uh, fry it on the pan. This is uh, I, I don't know how to call it in, in in English, but anyway, in Hong Kong they have like the square version, which is called the French toast. And also, if you go to Macau, Macau it was a colony of Portugal. Mm -hmm. So if you go there, you have the egg tart. In Hong yeah. Kong, you have also oh, egg tart, man. but yeah. nobody knows like that is a Portuguese thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So you know, through food, you can also see history. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, like the, you know the Chinese dumplings. Mm -hmm. I heard from friends you can find it in Peru. You can find it in you know all the continents. So oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's history. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. So if you want more of this insight and fire post from Philippe, make sure you get at him on Instagram. Okay. No, yeah. Thanks for coming yeah. through, man. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. He said, "Oh, one more time. What's the what's the handle oh, again?" Yeah, uh, P H K H eight six eighty six. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank You're you. Welcome. Thank you so much for all the love and support that we received from you guys. We always hella appreciate it. Uh, follow us on sitdownbehungry.club. C-U-L-B. Club, sorry. We don't want to mess anyone up here. Yeah, keep going because uh, I need to get, the, need to get we, the phone number ready like usual. We have an Instagram. Follow us on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Apple. Hit like and subscribe. And uh, give us a call at 415-366-6-EGG. Egg. Yes. And we got a voicemail. We got two, two voicemails. We got two voicemails. Ooh, I can't wait. I love our voicemails. Let's go. And by the way, leave us more voicemails because we we'd love to hear them and answer them for you guys. Yes, yes. Uh, hey there. First time, long time. This is Michael Hawk. No relation to Tony. Uh, my question for the sit down, be hungry crew. 
Um, when you're in the grocery store, do you wipe down the cucumber before or after deep throwing it? Yeah, what? Um, I usually don't buy cucumbers. I just eat them at places. So that's my answer. <laughs> I've, I've never bought one to take home. Let's let's say that. At what the store. Do you, what do you what do you do with them at the store? Um, um, if I were to buy them at the store, I'd put them on my cart and go home and wash it later. I don't feel comfortable answering this. Visit my link tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good segue. Next voicemail. <laughs> yeah. Not related to Tony. Yeah. <laughs> I know, oh, this my cock. <laughs> what is this? An episode of The Simpsons? Seymour Butts? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I like pork butt, though. What? Whatever. Next voicemail. Next voicemail. Next voicemail, please. Hey, sit down, fam. Um, this is Matt, longtime listener, first time caller. I had a question for you guys. What was the craziest thing you've ever had for munchies? Thanks. Bye. Hmm. Crazy. Craziest thing I've ever had while having munchies. I feel like all my answers are typical, so I have to start really thinking of like a left field one. I can't think of something really crazy. I just eat whatever's in plain sight, to be honest. I think as do most people too, right? I really got to think of a crazy one because um, they're all pretty typical. And I, and I don't hold a lot of food at my house that's like ready to eat. Like I have to make it. Mm-hmm. And so when I have the munchies, you know, it's pretty, I mean, I have the munchies any time of the day, to be honest. But um, typically I order Jack in a Box. That's what I do. And it's not really a crazy order. I just get crazy because they always fuck up my order. And that's when I get crazy. So that's the crazy part about it. The crazy part of my munchies meal is because I get crazy because they don't ever give me buttermilk. Mm. Like I need the buttermilk. I need four. I requested four because I need four. Mm. Doesn't mean I need zero. That's true. Very true. I'd say that's probably the crazy extent of my munchies. Uh Jack in the Box is usually my... um, go-to thing I want to eat when I'm, you know, hungry. Okay, okay. Uh, actually, I do have a good one that comes to mind now, too, now that I had some time to think about it. You I need would to see s- more gummies. No. <laughs> Gummy fairy. This is pre-gummy era. Um, <laughs> let's see. Back when I was a kid, so there's, a, there's an ice cream parlor chain in Sacramento called uh, Leatherby's. Okay. So anybody from Sac should know Leatherby's. And um, they have this uh, Sunday on their menu called the Daddy Dave. Mm-hmm. It's like $10 and it's about the size of your head. Okay. Um, my appetite is not as big as it used to be. So I think, was it middle school me? I put down a whole one. You were, I did. Were you getting the munchies in middle school? So, so no, no. <laughs> Excuse me. No, this is, this is, um, <laughs> this is a, this is a completely sober decision. Hi, Mama Day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, my dad's friend, uh, had this myth that like in the 70s he would eat so they also have this crab salad sandwich uh-huh. he ate the whole thing according to legend and then ate the Sunday after that too so one day one afternoon after school we just will go went to attempt the, the same thing and I somehow did it um, I don't think I could do it now but uh, I was able to do it at that time so pre uh, any other milestones in life that was uh, I think one of my biggest eating accomplishments <laughs> yes. at an early age oh my goodness. and I haven't been able to match that same level of volume since are you trying to top that? No. I <laughs> You're am like, not. no thanks. They have smaller grades of the same Sunday, so maybe I'll get those, but I'm not going to get the $10. It's probably more than $10 now. Um, but yeah, shout out to Leatherbees in Sacramento. So if anybody's had a Daddy Dave, you know how big it is. Back to the munchies thing, real quick. So uh, salted egg fish chips are a thing. Ooh, they are. Fish skin, I'm sorry, salted egg fish skin chips. And they're pretty expensive. They range from like $10 to $17 a bag, depending on the size. 
So I buy one every once in a while when I go to New Mewa and uh, I, you know, I have a hard time keeping it because I'll smoke and I just eat a $15 bag of fish skin chips in one sitting, which is A, probably not good for my health, but it's like, I just can't stop. That's pretty crazy. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's a good answer too. Like, that's a lot of money I just like scarfed down just because I had zero control. <laughs> I had zero control. That's a good answer. <laughs> that's a good answer. But speaking about going to New Mewa, um, you want to tell some folks what you got coming up for the reason why you're going to New Mewa? <laughs> Look at that segue. Good job, Chavin. Hey. Um, so we, I think I mentioned it before, but Enjoy is having their third we're having our third anniversary. Yeah, who's they? It's you. Oh, that's me. That's me and my part my partner. My partner, Nina, Nina Chop. She does a lot of chopping, by the way. Episode 20-something. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're having our anniversary dinner soon. Unfortunately, it's sold out. Sorry. Sorry. But, you know, follow us and... Come to the next one. Come to the next one. That's all I can say. Come to the next one. I, I promise it's, it'll be a fun time. Yeah. And uh, with that, what? We'll see you next time. See you later. Bye. Bye. I just want this tequila.